0: Have you ever been touched by an angel? This is Pastor Rob Mayall, and we're here with the Ponder A New Podcast. And these weeks leading up to Advent, we're, of course, looking at Scripture, but we're going to be focusing on pieces of the manger scene, that is part of the Christmas story, and thinking a little bit more about their Scripture background uh, and driving towards how when you place these pieces in your manger— How they might be bearers of peace and help you have a sense of what it means for Jesus Christ to be uh, our peace in our hearts, in our homes, and ultimately in this world. And this week we're going to pick up with angels.
1: Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her.
0: Do not be afraid. Again and again, when the angel comes in the Bible, whether it's to Zachariah to tell him that John the Baptist is born, whether it's to Mary to tell her she's going to have Jesus, whether it's to the shepherds announcing that Jesus is born, or to the women at the empty tomb, the angels almost inevitably say, do not be afraid. And it makes me wonder, why why are people afraid of angels? Hmm. Well, maybe a a more basic question is what do you think angels look like? Like when I say the word angel, what what comes to mind? My suspicion is that one of two images come to mind. One is almost a Cupid-like kind of little, maybe even slightly pudgy kind of um, what do we might call it, what we call a cherub, like a little kind of, again, um, almost puppy-like kind of human uh, creature with some some wings and a smile and some sort of curly locks on top of the head. Or maybe somebody who looks more tall and majestic, something uh, like they belong in Valhalla or a Thor um, movie. Um, you know, uh, But is that really what the Bible offers? Well, actually, the Bible's depictions of angels is a little more terrifying. Often the angels are involved in, well, more battle scenes like the angel of death and Passover or an angel who's the cherubs, these little, you know, these These little uh, cherubs, from which we almost get the word angelic, like meaning like so innocent and pure, are sent there with a sword to guard the Garden of Eden. Um, But even just the physical description of angels is quite overwhelming. Um, In the book of Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet has this vision of he's in the temple and the The whole robe of the Lord is so big that it just fills the temple, which in those days would have been the biggest building any human had seen. But yet somehow there's these six angels, these seraphim, who are encircling the throne and they're shouting out, Holy, Holy, Holy. And then um, they, they have six wings and they come down and they take a tong with coals and they burn Isaiah's lips to purify him of his sin. And the word there for seraphim, which is again that word in Hebrew in that point for angel, means to burn, and it kind of makes sense, right? They burn, uh, they purify with this coal, Isaiah's mouth. But the uh, word for snake and serpent is also one of the possibilities there is seraphim, because the word seraph is the verb for to burn. Uh, like again the seraphs are burning his his mouth in Isaiah's case but snakes also burn and uh, so and even in the the book of numbers there's this sense again of of serpents and seraphs who are who are doing this burning action and so you you might actually ha- have this vision now of of when the sky was filled with a multitude of of the heavenly host which is another word for army that you suddenly have uh, snakes in battle armor shouting glory to God in the highest. And that would certainly terrify uh, any human. (laughs) You might also uh, find images and descriptions of angels in both the book of Ezekiel and Revelation. And in those cases, you find um, kind of more monster-like descriptions. Uh, You know, with not just multiple wings, but Eyes in places that i shouldn't be and and multiple heads um, kind of mm, creatures that are amalgams or combinations of of other creatures of ox and lions and eagles and and humans, and so you can imagine if a creature showed up that was you know half lion half uh eagle, or half-ox, half-human, and had wings that had eyes all over him, you can see why the angel would need to declare right away, hey, don't, don't be afraid. Yeah, so again, we often have a very, um, quote, angelic sense of what it means to look like an angel, but the Bible's depictions of angels, um, are less of Michelangelo's uh, imagination or uh, less of ancient Persian kind of uh, senses of what an angel is and and far more monstrous or mighty kind of in the presence of God and the Holy of Holies. um, Again, that sense of awe beyond which humans dare not um, enter that kind of creature. So maybe that's why, they say do not be afraid, but I think we need to go a little bit deeper as to why they say do not be afraid. I think the other reason, or perhaps a better reason as to why the angels must say do not be afraid is because fear is part of the human condition. That we're not just afraid because there's somebody who was in our presence who wasn't like, oh, what's going on? i I think the angels may be making more a statement of the heavens to the human. Do not be afraid I mean, if I were to say to you what are the things you're afraid or worried about? I think that most of us could come up with a pretty long list pretty quickly uh everything from hmm like personal stuff going on in our lives uh you know, health issues, uh, relations within our family, jobs. Yeah, he's joking with a friend who um, is, is is wealthier than me, and was just saying he was thinking about going into sort of wealth management. And he's like, you know, Rob, I have there's so many people they make, you know, eight hundred thousand dollars a year, and they're still worried about how much money that they have, right? So there's just again worries all sorts of things for many of us we worry about our kids the next generation which then i think leads us not only to the particulars of our kids and their friends and their activities and so forth but or our grandkids or great nieces and great nephews but then just the world they're inheriting and then you start to get into climate change and national debt and the real the geopolitical realities of war and Oh man, right. And then you start thinking about the dysfunction of our own political system, and suddenly, woof, we're all pretty worried. And and I wonder if there's a way in in which um, to be a human at some point is to to live with fears. Fears that, on the one hand, help us survive. If we didn't have fear, we we wouldn't have survived. But then. In an age where we have access to media all the time and there's always somebody who can market towards our or amplify our fears, we just don't get a break and it's so hard. And I would say that for the people in the Bible, when the angel comes to Mary or to Zechariah here in this first chapter of Luke, there are many reasons why they could be afraid. Um, They could be uh, afraid of of what their life will have in store. I mean, again, will they're living under Roman occupation. They have a corrupt puppet government. Most of the people live in just crushing poverty that we can scarcely imagine in the United States uh, today, really living hand to mouth. Um, and, you know, so for many of the people in Jesus' day, just literally procuring enough for... For that day or the next was was you know was an issue, um, and I think still to this day there are probably a billion people around the earth who spend most of their day just procuring food and water and then some sort of material to to make fire to cook with. So so again, there's all sorts of of reasons why as humans we might live in fear and that. The angel of the Lord needs to send a message then, 2,000 years ago, and even today. Do not be afraid. So I'm curious, though, do you think that the world is a... Do you think that people 2,000 years ago were processing more fears? Do you think today we're processing more fears? Do you think... That the fears that we experience, the anxieties that we live with, is this simply a product of the media? Is this simply a product of social media on top of that? Again, there seems to be some research coming out that suggests that really since the dawn of the smartphone, uh, which then wasn't just social media, but social media available at our fingertips at all point, and the constant sort of barrage then of advertisements and information and sort of curated lives of our friends just sent a lot of people's anxieties and fears through the roof. Um, And then it perhaps even makes us wonder when the angel says, do not be afraid, how much we need to hear that. And then I would even push a little bit further and say, what would it take for you to no longer be afraid, what sign would have to be given to you what what um yes, what would need to happen for you to to feel like no 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 i am I am not afraid. it's going to be okay, and maybe when you put the angel in your your manger this year, this can be a reminder for you to. To not be afraid and know that, that God is indeed intervening and coming into this world. Okay, maybe I'm getting a little bit, a little bit almost too close to a sermon here. So we'll uh, go, go, take a step back. I think, though, there is a third reason why we might need to hear a message of "do not be afraid." Linguistically, the words "do not be afraid" are are normally, um, Greek does verb tenses a little bit differently, and that's, as does Hebrew, and those are the languages that they would have been speaking. And the way that the do not be afraid is constructed, it actually is um, continue not being afraid. Like there's a a sense of this is not just like a, hey, do not be afraid in this instant. Like, don't eat that piece of chocolate. Um, but this is more of a an ongoing command. Like, no longer be afraid. There's a, a future dimension to this not fearing. And and that plays well with what I was talking about in terms of fear and um, in, in terms of just this human state of being afraid. H- however, the... Uh, What I want to push us towards, though, is that the angels come to mortals not simply with a message affirming the Creator's intention to redeem and be faithful to creation. (laughs) This is part of it always, right? The angel always comes and says, hey, God is doing a new thing. God is alive. Uh, The world still has hope, right? That's always part of the angel's message. But the second um, thing that the angel almost always does is the angels also instruct the people what they have to do like it it got to a point in the story where um, God wasn't going to sort of let us to our own devices to kind of discern perhaps what the next step was like I mean most of life we're, we're prayerfully hoping that we've got it right as to what God is doing but in our lives but every now and then uh, in the Bible God makes it abundantly clear what God wants the person to do like um in the case of Mary like you're gonna have it you, you're gonna have a child or in the case of the resurrection go and tell the others uh, and uh so. So the angels come, and they often, again, have an an instruction. And I wonder if that's why the angel really has to tell them to not be afraid. Because the, the thing that they're called to do is actually going to be quite scary. And I'm curious, in your life, when have you had a sense, and it could be because you felt an angel visited you, um, either like literally an angel visited you, and if you felt that happen, you know, let me know i 'd love to hear that story um, or, or because some way there was a a messenger that you really felt like God spoke to you in a way, and you felt compelled to go forth um, but the task that you were instructed to do wasn 't that easy right like the 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 messenger whatever form that that came and said, you know, go propose to that person, <laughs> you know, or take that job, or, you know, leave that relationship behind, or, you know, speak the harsh word of truth to that friend of yours, whatever it is, and you're like, oh, no. But you just knew that somehow the voice of the Lord had spoken. And and so in this way, when we are, are pushed, pushed in in our lives um, to to often have to make a move that may not seem peaceful, but is necessary to get to a point of peace. I'm not saying wage war, but just we may have to have a conflict. We may have to have a change. We may have to get over a hump to kind of get to a better place. Um, This can be really scary. And may then this angel that you put on your manger remind you that, yes, indeed, the Lord does come, and the Lord does make requests of us, uh, commands. The Lord says, you know, in the words of Star Wars, go to the Dagobah system sometimes, right? The, the Lord tells us what to do, and those are often uh, not easy moves, and so we need then this voice of the, we, we need the angel to also tell us that God is with us that we are not alone, and that uh, with the Lord's help, we can do this. And so might that angel then in your main your scene be a reminder for what you're facing this year, which is hard and scary and overwhelming. If you really believe that this is from the Lord, then know that the Lord is going to go with you, um, that the Lord equips those whom the Lord has, has called, um, and that you can, as you go forth, also, no longer be afraid, so there are a couple reasons why uh, the angel's um, appearance may have caused fear if there's another reason i haven 't thought of, let me know, but i but I again, I wonder if it might have been a physical appearance I, mean, I think it's deeper than that. I think it has to do with the general human condition and also then the fact that, as humans were called to live in this world that has fallen. Um, yet beloved and not given up on and uh, work out sort of with fear and trembling then what our salvation means, i.e. what it means for us to live as a disciple.